Today is Saturday, January 23rd, and uh, yeah, just to be 100% transparent, um, it's a pretty heavy day. We, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. I was kind of just going about my day off, cleaning up the house, doing my part to, you know, help my family and you know just help them get stuff done and around dinner time you know uh, towards the end of my day uh, my phone's blowing up and uh it you know i have the same ringtone for almost everybody with the exception of like you know some special people my favorites you know because i gotta know if like they need anything right away and i got a text message from, you know, the phone's on the counter and I hear the ringtone. I'm like, okay, there's only two people that have that ringtone. So for me, and it's rare to hear from them. Uh, not, it's not like it's a bad thing, but, you know, I just don't usually hear from them that often. So I finally, you know, I, I'm like, my phone's blowing up. I got to go, you know, either shut this thing off or just see what's going on. Uh, and I read one of the text messages. It goes, hey, are you free to call in a little bit? Uh, I don't know if you heard the news and it's got like a, you know, frowning emoji. I'm like, what the fuck is, you know, right away. I'm already assuming the worst. So I, I, I excuse myself from the dinner table. I walk into a private room and I, and I call my friend back and immediately tears and she's sobbing like uncontrollably. And, you know, I'm like, well, what's going on? You know, and she tells me that basically someone that we used to work with a lot in college, um, and at least her personally, she still works with him a lot, uh, had passed away. And I'm just sitting there like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to say. And, you know, and for the sake of anonymity and just being respectful of this individual and his family, you know, this is none of my business, so I'm not really going to use names. Uh, but if you are listening to this and you know who I'm talking about, uh, just know that, you know, I'm there with you. I'm, I still... I'm, I'm still in shock and I still can't believe like, you know, that this person is gone. You know, we were kind of just sharing like what our last moments were with this person. And my friend was telling me, yeah, the last time I talked to this person, they helped me. I think, I think it was with regards to their career path and talking about you know, what she was going to do moving forward and how to apply her work to help other people in our community, uh, which is exactly what this person was about. You know, he, he, he was not only a very well-known, uh, faculty at San Diego state university, but he's also, you know, a honcho in the Filipino American community in San Diego. Everyone knew who he was and, you know, just thinking about how many people 
are going to be affected by his passing. Um, yeah, it, I, I feel like part of me is not only grieving for, you know, the relationship I had with him, but just knowing that, you know, his daughter, his wife, his family, everyone that was close to this guy uh, is also mourning and grieving. So I had that conversation. I absorbed essentially the news that she gave me and, you know, I just told her, you know, maybe you need a mental health day. Maybe you need to call off work, whatever. You know, everyone grieves their own way. You know, however you want to go about it, like, that's completely up to you. Some people like to work through their grief as a distraction or as a coping mechanism. Other people, like myself, if I get to a point, I just stop. I I call it and I'm like, I, I can't today. I need a mental health day to either do nothing or just just process. Um, yeah, and then after that phone call, I called one of my friends who I know worked very closely with this man, um, particularly with, you know, student education, uh, educational leadership, and community work in the Filipino-American community. So I called her, I was like, hey, are you busy right now? Um, do you have, like, 15, 20 minutes? Um, I have some, I don't know if you've heard the news, but this is kind of heavy. So, you know, she sets the time aside, and I basically put it out the way my friend did and said, you know, he, he passed away. By this time, I had gotten confirmation that, sadly, you know, as young as he was, uh, he passed away due to COVID complications. Oddly enough, the person I was giving, delivering this news to was actually, uh, had actually been infected with COVID in December. I can only imagine, you know, she's feeling like I had it, he had it, I'm here, he's not, like, and, you know, we were just trying to figure out, like, how do we process this? You know, the, the relationship I have with the friend I was delivering the news to, I have a little bit more of a vulnerable relationship with. So, you know, we were both kind of expressing our grief. Uh, we did, we did cry. You know, it kind of, it, it just brings me back. And we ended up talking about this on, you know, things about grief that, um, I'm sorry. Things about grief that no one can really prepare for. So as I go through and talk about this, uh, I am going to be reading some things off of here. And I hope that for those of you listening to this, um, whether you are going through something similar, have gone through something, um, or are still in your own process in some kind of way that this helps or that you can resonate with this. The, po the post reads, 10 things I wish someone had told me about grief. And the first one says, you can plan for death, but death does not always comply with your plans. Yeah, you know, we can, can write wills, set money aside for our family so that our passing doesn't inconvenience them. You know, we can get plots, make wishes and advanced directives, all that kind of stuff, but can't really plan for these kinds of things. 
I mean, I, I can't even imagine, you know, if if he did, in fact, pass from COVID, it's possible that he was alone and his wife and kid couldn't even be there for, with him. I don't know whether or not that was the case, but just the thought of it, it's really sad to think about. The second piece reads, people will say stupid, hurtful things without even realizing it. And I agree. Um, this is a point in time where a lot of people are going to be hypersensitive to things because emotions are on edge. Anxiety is building up. There's anger, disbelief, shock. I think not necessarily we need to walk on eggshells or, you know, tiptoe during these times, but I think given the circumstances, it's important for us to carry ourselves with empathy and understanding for other people and just remind ourselves like everybody's going through something right now. You don't know whether it's the person next to you, you know, maybe one of your friends who you haven't talked to in a while, family members, maybe it's a good time to check on them and just say, Hey, how are you doing? The third thing reads, there is no timeline for grieving. You can't rush it. You will grieve in some form forever. And I could definitely attest to this. Uh, if you are an adamant listener of this podcast, I did mention, I think it was the introduction episode that I had dedicated this um, to my Kuya. I lost him to a drunk driver in the earlier part of my life. In some ways, you know, I still grieve. I still blame myself. I still think, what could we have done to change that outcome? You know, I want to say that was, what is it, 2021 now? So more than 10 years ago, I'm still grieving. I, I had this ring that he had originally given to his fiance, but, you know, she passed as well. So it ended up being left with me. And I used to wear it all the time just because it helped me feel close to him. And then in the long run, it was kind of a mark that, you know, this was something I was going to carry with me for the rest of my life. But there was a point in time where you know, I, I had to move on. I had to keep living my life. I couldn't let this weigh me down. Not to say that I'm going to forget and not think about him anymore, but I don't think he would want me to keep sulking forever. I definitely think about him all the time. I still have the ring. You know, during those special occasions, like his birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I think about even summer, especially summer. I, I think about how we used to just go rent out a villa and we didn't even, we weren't even doing a lot. We were just there being with our family, being with ourselves. The fourth thing says grief can make you question your life, your purpose and your goals. What it was that our friend did in life and how can we honor them? Again, he was a really well-known person in the community and at SDSU. Um, you know, he was a faculty advisor to multiple organizations, you know, which bred leaders, community members, brothers, sisters. In one way or another, this person had a hand in a lot of our success. During that conversation I had with my friend and how she was going to, you know, move forward from this, you know, she, we basically agreed, like, you know, we're, we're going to do our best work. We're going to help people. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily us questioning our, questioning our goals and purpose, but it was just kind of a reminder, like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, we should always be doing our best work. 
starting with ourselves and then to the people around us that we love and care about. That's definitely something that has always stuck with me since the passing of my my brother. In the previous in the first episode, I mentioned how he had like all the answers no matter what came on, he always knew what to do. And I guess in one way or another, I try to I try to live in that legacy for the friends and family that I have around me because I think it made me stronger and one of the toughest soldiers to, you know, wage, wage life's war. Uh, the fifth thing says, it's normal to feel numb after it happens. Yeah, I mean, I got the news. I really didn't know how to feel, what to do. I kind of just sat there, like, twiddling my thumbs, not really, not, not even really knowing what to say to my friend when she told me. You know, the, the most I could say was really like, I'm sorry, um, this, this is a really shitty feeling. If there's anything I can do to support you, please just let me know. Like, I'm only a phone call away. But me, myself, and I, I was just in shock. The sixth statement is, time does not heal all wounds. And I think that's true. The absence of somebody does make the heart grow fonder. But, you know, when death is a more permanent absence, um, that's not something that just goes away easily. Some part of us will always carry that. I have a uh, tribal tattoo derivative of my cultural roots that not only pay homage to my heritage, but also to my grandmother. Uh, when she passed, uh, it was a very difficult time for our family. It, it, it shook pretty much all of us to the core. And I think given the point in life where my cousins and I were, and my brother, it was one of those things that it, it did bring us together. The wound that I specifically carried as the eldest grandson uh, was a little bit different because I had more of a, she, she had more of a presence and experience in my life than anyone else's. Essentially, it, I'm not really downplaying how much it hit them, but it, it definitely hit me a lot harder, especially given how young my cousins and my brother were at the time. Uh, the next thing it says is, it is okay to tell people when they are not being helpful. And that's absolutely true. Like with most things in life, we need to protect our energy and our time. But even more so when dealing with death and grief, it doesn't, it affects everybody differently. And everyone needs their own way to process, grieve, and mourn. And if people aren't being helpful, then yeah, absolutely, like stand your ground. Let them know, hey, not helping. The next thing it reads is you can't compare grief or compare losses, though people will try. And like I said earlier, you know, everyone's going to process and grieve their own way. Everyone's feelings are valid and they have their own weight, but it's not a time for people to compare how much they're feeling or what they're feeling. Sometimes I hear stories of when there is death and, you know, loss involved. Some people in families forget that this is somebody that, you know, either loved you, you love them, and it's a time for everyone to grieve and mourn not a time to be comparing like oh I love them more or our actions are way a lot heavier than yours do you know who's going to pay for those who's going to pay for that everyone's hurting in some way or another and I think people forget that often when trying to find common ground the last thing that it says and I think is the most important is there is no normal when it comes to grieving yeah I, I agree with that 
a lot because some people will lock themselves in their room for days. Some people have losses of appetite. Some people work right through their grief and their mourning. Some people shut down. Everyone handles it differently. There's no normal when it comes to this because think about it. Like we spend so much of our lives being around people, being around that person, you know, that we're grieving and mourning. And then all of a sudden, poof. And all of a sudden we're, you know, we're supposed to just be able to carry on. I mean, saying it out loud, it doesn't make sense. So there's no normal when it comes to grieving. I I used to be the kind of person where I, I didn't really react to, to death or loss because for me, it's like it happens every day. You know, not to say that I was heartless or anything. It's just at the time, it was one of those things that I, I guess because of my youth and my age, I didn't really understand that well. But now that I'm here, having built meaningful relationships and knowing who my friends and family are and, you know, showing appreciation for the people that have touched my life in one way or another, I think now I can resonate more with the concept of death and loss and why it's so disconcerting, why it hits so heavy, and why it leaves people in a different place than, you know, where they were before the, before the fact. All that aside, um, my last conversation and memory with this man was I was hanging out with a friend and I just happened to be on campus because that's where our plans kind of took us. And it was, uh, we were, we were actually just passing by, you know, we were just walking and I saw him. I said, Hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. And this was actually a person who wrote me of a number of letters of recommendation for not only uh, careers, but, you know, other opportunities um, post-college. So when I saw him, you know, I I, I know, I, re- I do remember writing him an email before, but, you know, when I saw him, I just told him, hey, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity, you know, for the letter of rec that you wrote me ever since having, having struck gold on that opportunity. Um, things have really gotten better for me. So I just want to let you know, like, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I didn't know that was going to be my last conversation with him. But I'm glad that it, in a way, you know, it was what it was. It was me, you know, just giving him a very warm thank you, letting him know that I appreciated him. It makes you wonder if the person, you know, if the people you love most were not going to be here tomorrow, what would you say? My My thoughts and my heart and my prayers go out to his family, and especially his daughter and wife, can only imagine what you guys are going through right now. I know that the community, the the Filipino-American community in San Diego is hurting right now, and I know that the community at San Diego State University is also hurting. I, I think just acknowledging something here, it's really sad that I feel like it's going to be difficult for us to come together because we are still in the middle of a pandemic, so a lot of us have that human urge to just show up physically and be there but I I think the best thing we can do for right now is just send our thoughts and prayers and you know let let his family know that we're with them so yeah just to end this uh, short episode on a lighter note um, I am going to wait until his family goes public with the news um, just out of respect for their business this might not air for a while 
but I, you know, I can't really do or say much that anyone can relate to here. So this is kind of my way of, you know, processing and coping just to kind of end this on a bit of a lighter note. Again, everyone's going to process this differently. There's no normal to this. The, the light, the only really light that I can take out of this is I just want to show my love and appreciation for my family and friends around me, especially for those of you who I haven't seen in a while. So uh, I just want to say that to my best friend, um, I love you. You are one of the biggest inspirations of my life. And I know that no matter how low or high you and I get, uh, we're always going to be there for each other. To my little sister, as short as you are, you know, you're always the... You're always full of the most energy, always full of the most spunk, but you're also full of the most fire. Um, and even though I am older than you, I still draw inspiration from you all the time. Sometimes I forget about the tattoo that you and I got together, but when I am reminded of it, I'm like, yeah, well, we, we got through that point of our lives together, um, and as we always will. Thank you.